Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. The Colorado Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup. Raymond Barr, a dream, has come true. Featured ahead, McKinnon racing and shoots and scores! Nathan McKinnon! President Jim Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. And I I know you guys can't see it, but I'm blinking like a goddamn madman right now because it's like, it's finally started to turn to spring. And you know what spring means? It means pollen is blowing directly into my face at all times. And I've had to delay the start of this show for like 20 minutes because I had to rub a wet rag underneath my eyelids. And Christian, you're you're not doing so peachy either because your razor shaved all your beard off your face. Yeah, yeah. Um, I look like a 15-year-old boy once again. Um, I bought a new razor, thought I read the directions right. Turns out I didn't. So I am a clean shaven boy for the first time in probably a year and a half. So uh, Griffin and I are battling through some adversity in this podcast right now. Um, it's, it's, it's the dog days of the NHL season for us. It's the dog days. Yeah. It's one, it's one of the times where I'm glad we're not like recording our faces. Cause like I am a pirate right now. I have just have a hand <laughs> over one eye. Like I, I, my eyes are bloodshot. I look like a serial killer. You look like you're fresh out of preschool. It's a, it's a whole event right now, but the Avs they're doing stuff or lack thereof, I guess with the trades ever since we last talked, they played a game against the San Jose sharks. That was pretty exciting, but it's probably, it's probably just going to end up being a footnote on this episode. Cause no one really cares about the games right now. The last week has just been about trades, 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 and it should be because we've been talking about this for months, but I, I think we should just bite the bullet, talk about the game first against the Sharks. I, even though there's only so many ways you can talk about this team and how they play sometimes and winning a game against a bad team, even though it got close at the end, but we'll, we'll do our best. Yeah, we'll do our best to summarize it real quick because like Griffin said, it was a very uneventful game for probably 50 minutes. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't even call it uneventful other than just expected. Yeah, 
the, the abs dominated the sharks for 50 minutes. They, they take a four, nothing lead going in or close to the end of the second period and they give up a late one. And then the sharks in the third period just turned it on. And you could tell the abs were just like, we're just going to survive. And that's exactly what they did. They yeah, just you, survived. You could, you could tell they were just like, you know, we just played the Hurricanes, the Flames, and the Kings, all playoff teams, and we shut them out. It's the Sharks, and we really just don't care right the now. The Sharks won the second half of a back-to-back, too. Yeah. So, like, and the Avs were resting in San Jose for them, and for 50 minutes, the Avs looked like the Avs and played fantastic, and then they just kind of said, nah, we good, uh, and they held on. They got the win, which yeah, is, I guess, still important. I guess still important. We are turning into very spoiled fans, man. Like we really, we really like, are. Like we, it's like three oh, years wow. ago, we would have been like, "Yeah, we won." And now it's just kind of like, "Ah, oh, we, we should win." Like, dude, like, we scored five goals on the Sharks, dude. That's insane. Like we were up four to nothing. Who cares that we let up in the third period? You know, who can blame them? And we've just been season after season now of just so much success and just constantly winning these games, especially this season going into this game, knowing that if we do lose this game, it's entirely our fault. There is no real challenge to be had here other than the one we could potentially present to ourselves. And it's like you said, that's just how this game went. I would even say they played incredibly amazing. It's just like, we are so much better than this team that we can go. I, I would, I'd say they gave what 75, 80% in this game. I feel like that's kind Probably. of fair. 75%. They're still effortlessly up four to nothing in this game. Their stars are dominating. You get a power play. Their power play is just firing. I mean, they only got one opportunity and they scored on it from Nazem Kadri. And you also got a nice little depth goal from Darren Helm, which you just, you don't get to say a ton. Bottom six goals, which is going to become a major theme later in this episode, the bottom six, but you get one from Darren Helm to make it two to nothing. I guess we shouldn't just gloss over that the, the sharks were potentially up one, nothing earlier in this yeah, game. I forgot about that. Before. I also forgot about that. <laughs> Honestly, like, cause there's so much wrong with that play. It was offside, clearly goalie interference. Like it was just a, a matter of which one do you challenge? And it was, it was the altitude broadcast thought they were challenging the, the goalie interference which was never the case. They were challenging the offside. So we had no idea if it was even offside until they had to show like a quick five second replay well after the fact, but regardless that goal got taken back from Kater and then we're up two to nothing after the first period. And again, another 10 30 start time game for me. And I'm just like, look, as much as this I went by pretty, pretty quick though, it, it went, went by, that's, but that's the thing. It went by pretty quick. Cause I felt like I was kind of checked out by it. Yeah. We were checked out just like the abs were in that third period. Um, yeah, I mean, the goal by Kadri was good. I guess he had gone through a mini gold route, so that was cool. Yeah, he's he's Darren not Hill. he's not at a like three point per game pace anymore like he was three. No, months. he's he's back down to one, which is ah, god damn it, Nazem Kadri. Um, Darren Helm's goal was sick. I it actually, it actually was pretty sick. That was a sick Very goal. Nice goal. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, and then I'm trying blanking on who scored. The third was it Big Val? Did Val score the third? That was no. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let you figure. Kale McCarr. Let you, Kale McCarr was there. You go. Yeah, it was Kale McCarr. Um, and Kale McCarr just continues to do Kale McCarr things. Um, what? How many goals is that for him now? 20, 23? 20, 
22. Um, I still think there's maybe an outside shot. He can get to 30. I don't think he will, but I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's outside anymore. He's got time. He's got time, but I, I, I don't know. We'll see. I still think he could get a hundred points too. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities. He had three points against San Jose. I mean, he can get eight goals in 20 games. Can he? He should be able to, but you just never know with defensemen. 50, uh, 50. Huh? I'd say 50, 50. Yeah. 50, 50. I'll give you that. I'll take that too. If he gets to 30, that's sick. Um, he, I, he has an outside shot at a hundred, which is becoming more and more possible if he has three point games. Um, yeah, Kale McCarr's really good at hockey, and we've talked entirely too long about this game already. Um, big Val on a beautiful pass by Miko. Miko, right? For four nothing? For from Kale. From Kale. Damn, man. I'm just all see this game, Larry. I I I just can't I mean, remember. to be fair, it, this game was on Thursday. It is currently Sunday night. Yeah. Was it was it yeah? My I'm all messed up, dude. My brain's fried. I've watched too much basketball this weekend. It's the um, beard. It's the beard. I lost all my intelligence, which I had very little of to begin with. Um, and then in the end of the second period, Sharks get a goal. It was a tipped in. I thought Frankie had a good game. He was like, fine. Honestly, yeah. he, was, he was fine during when the parts when we were good. I didn't love some of the goals. Like the, the Balser's goal in the, the third period, I didn't think was very good. No. Uh, this this uh, goal from Jeffrey Veal. Didn't love that one. The Eric Carlson one towards the end, like I'm sure we'll talk about. Like that's you can pin that one squarely on Miko for the most part. And it's also Eric Carlson when he decides to be dangerous is still a very good defenseman. Yeah, he's still good. It's just injuries ruined his career, which sucks. Um, yeah, I mean, it, Frankie was a good backup goaltender. I think that's the best way to he, put it. He's a he good did backup. Enough. He yeah. did enough is essentially what you can call this. Yep. So he did enough. Uh, they, like you mentioned, Sharks got two goals in the third period. Um, Eric Carlson's, I mean, Miko has a wide open net and tries to pass it. Like, I don't, I, I, I don't think he really, was trying to get Mac going. I don't really think, I can't really understand what he was trying to do in this empty net situation. He doesn't even have to shoot it. Just get it out. Get it away yeah. from anyone. Don't just like clam up on the boards and just, I, I don't even know if it was to kill clock. Like it just seemed like a mixture of laziness and also a major brain cramp. Yeah. It's I'm going to attribute more to a brain cramp. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really think Miko deserves the benefit of the doubt with the, the way he's been playing. I don't even want to say lately. Cause I feel like this has been happening for a while now where it's just, I feel like AJ says it best. It's just, he knows how good he is and how dominant he is. So he doesn't feel the need to constantly just go all out when he can pick up two points without even trying. I mean, didn't he pick up three in this game? He, he had pick two. Up two or three he, points in this game. He had two assists, one on the empty netter as well after this. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he got, he still got two points and I, I'm hoping he can turn it on in the playoffs. I, I still think he will. Um, it's a dangerous slope. Like we, like we've talked about a little bit off air. It's a dangerous slope to just kind of half-ass it for Miko Ranton and standards. Uh, going to the playoffs, it's hard to flip that switch. Um, it's, but. it's just my main concern is like, it's not like it's like, oh, against bad teams, you know, he's just not really trying and you can notice. And then against good teams, you know, he's back to being dominant Miko Ranton. It's just a slightly better version. Yeah. 
it's nothing great, but I, I still have faith. I mean, Miko is a top 10 player in this league. Yeah, he's he's the best. He's one of the best players at his position, without a doubt. But it's just it like it doesn't just turn back on in the playoffs. That's like that's always been my concern with like, you know, resting players at the end is like you still got to flip that switch going again for the playoffs. And with Miko, I need I need to see it from him before the end of the season that like in a big game you're going to come out there with all cylinders firing and not just be like, Oh, well, I'll just turn it on when the time's right. You got to show it first. And he was great last year in the playoffs. I'm not saying he's not a playoff performer. I'm just saying this season, especially the last couple months, really, this has been going on for a little bit. Now you just got to show a little bit more. The skills all there. We all know it's there. There's not a single person in the league that doesn't know that Miko Rantanen's skill is there. And sometimes that's the most frustrating part. We all know it's there. We all know you can do more than this. And I'm not asking for it in a game like this. I'm just saying that just need a little more. We know you can do more. So just that's why you're here. Yeah, he will. I it's it's just one of those things that gets brought to attention because it's noticeable. I think that's bad. it's noticeable the lack of his. I mean, I say the lack of his play, man, because he's still putting up points. It's just, it's not what he could be. I think that's, I think that's where we're at. Yeah. It's just, yeah. You know, he's great. And even at 50%, Miko Rantanen is a better hockey player than 99% of the league. It's just, my thing is, well, imagine the other 50% if he gave all of that. He could be in the heart consideration. Right. And he's, he was for like a little pocket in time in January. He kind of was starting to sneak into that conversation. And now we're not having that conversation anymore. And that's when I feel like this, this particular conversation of what's going on here. Like, do you, it's like AJ says, where you just know how good you are and you don't need to give it everything you have every night. Like I just, there's, there's something about that mindset that just, I don't know. I get it, but I also don't. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We, we got a lot of time before the playoffs. I'm going to laugh when he goes on like a. Oh yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not, try, I'm not trying to like pre criticize him before the playoffs. If he does this in the playoffs. Oh, I will certainly talk about it. And if he turns it on in the playoffs and goes back to ranching in from last year in the playoffs, perfectly fine. Don't care. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be fine. It's just, it's, we, we have nothing else to talk about. So we need to talk about something. So that's, I think that's kind of where like, it's just like, well, we won, like, well, what can we criticize? Cause yeah. like, it's like I said at the beginning, there's only so many ways you can talk about this team winning because they, they're just better than other teams. And it's where this was, that was game 62 of them just being better than other teams. We got 20 yeah. games left until the playoffs for them to be better than other teams before it even, before it even matters. Like there are just, other teams in the league where games matter right now, and we are not one of them. These yep. games are fucking meaningless right now. They mean but nothing. Win or at lose. At the time we're win. recording this, at the time we're recording this, the Canucks are tied with Buffalo 2-2. And if you're a Canucks fan, you're probably freaking out watching this because your team still has an outside shot. Us, if we lost to Buffalo, it would be hilarious, but like – we wouldn't care like yeah, it doesn't it, affect our playoffs right. it'd be like it would be like the kind of thing where it'd be funny and we roll our eyes and be like come on guys that's not funny don't do that like it's buffalo they're bad but if we lost this game like let's say like the worst came to pass you blow the lead to the sharks you lose in overtime and you only get a point out of it like we'd come on here and be like come on guys do better than that but it doesn't fucking matter 
Like standings wise, ninety-three points. None of this. Yeah, none of this matters. We have ninety-three points. We have a seven fifty points percentage, which is insane. We are nine points ahead of Calgary for the West, like not for our division, for the conference. That's insane. Like you look at teams that are around us in the President's Trophy race, Florida and Carolina at 90 and 88 points. Neither of them are secure in their spot in their own division. I mean, the Rangers are only three points behind the Hurricanes. They just beat them today. And Florida has, I feel like this is the longest they've been in first in the Atlantic because Tampa Bay has kind of had their turn at the top as well. We have not been threatened since December. Yeah. Remember when we like first started doing the show and they were like, the abs were like four five and one. And we're like, man, Minnesota may win this division. Yeah. Like, oh, oh man. We were saying like, Oh, well, if nothing else, it shows that, you know, Minnesota is going to really take this down to the edge to the, of the season here for, for the division. Not at all the fucking case. Like remember in uh, the about like midway through December where we played like 10 less games than everybody else in the league. And people were like, Oh man, the abs are still in the wild card spot. And me and you were just like, guys, they haven't played. Yeah. <laughs> you, look at their point, you look at their points percentage, they're like seventh in the league. And that was before they, we started winning all these games. And then they started winning. And it's just, it's, it's cool. Like me and Griffin are probably gonna have this mentality for probably like the rest of the season, rest of the season. Uh, the abs do play 13 of their last 20 opponents are currently in the playoffs. So it'll be a good marker. But like, even then it's just like, these games don't matter to us at all. Like, even if we lose half of those games, it has no bearing. Like, it's something that we brought up last episode. If we lost every game for the rest of the season, and this is updated now, if we lose every game, we go 0-20, we miss out on 40 straight points, we have an 80% chance to make the playoffs. That's pretty funny, dude. Like, we're talking, this is, there's a good 20 games. Remember how freaked out we were at game 10 of the season? Now <laughs> double that, and we lose all of them. 80% chance to make it crazy. We'll take it. We'll take it. I, I am excited for the rest yeah. of this year. There are some fun games like this Edmonton one. By the time you're listening, it's going to be a good game. You know, it's even funnier. You win two of those games. That percentage drops to under 1%. <laughs> so I just got to go two and 18. I got faith to make the playoffs, to get you to 97 points. And you need four wins to get to a hundred points. Like these games are meaningless. They mean nothing. So like, as, as soon as the game ended, I was kind of texting like, man, I'm kind of sick of this happening. where like, we almost blow leads. Then I realized one, it really doesn't happen outside of the Islanders and the devil's, the devil's game was not a blown third period lead. That was a blown game. We didn't even make it to the third period to blow that lead. And then it's like I said earlier, great game against Carolina that you lost one to nothing, two to nothing with an empty net. You shut out Calgary, you shut out LA. So you did shut it down in the third period against playoff teams that actually matter. And then this game where it didn't matter, you did enough to win. And like I said, does not matter right now. It's like this. I'm sorry to spoil the rest of the season for you guys and what these episodes are going to be. These games don't matter after the trade deadline. We're really not going to have anything to talk about. <laughs> we'll find stuff. We'll, we'll, find, find, we'll stuff. find stuff to talk about, but that's the thing. We're going to have to look for it. Yeah. We're going to have to look for, it. I mean, we, we can talk about uh, Nico Stern played his first game with the abs and he, Oh yes, he did. Looked solid. He looked I, solid. I, I thought he looked good. I, I already like how he fits with this team more than Dyson Jost. 
It's, it's like I said with Jost after we traded him. Jost is a smaller guy that has found a way to be effective defensively, but it's always in kind of an uphill battle with him because he can never be the guy that can really initiate that contact. There's not that problem for Nico Sturm. Nico Sturm is just a much more natural fit for what this team wants the bottom six to be. Cause we, we know what the top line and the top six is. It is the bread and butter that is going to drive the bus all the way to the Stanley cup. And the bottom six doesn't even really need to score as much as they need to just be a pain in the ass and make everything difficult. Nico Sturm is 6'3", 207 pounds, and he makes full use of it on the ice and just looks more effective than Tyson Joes. This is not an instance where a team is trading a good skilled player for size. I feel like he does what Joes did better already. I know sample size and everything. We'll see where all that goes in a couple of games. But even just the one that I saw, I saw a better version of Tyson Joes. Yeah, I agree. He, he was good and he's only going to get better the more time he gets with the system. He, he had a couple, maybe like a shift or two on the PK, which is where I envisioned him doing a lot of his work. Um, he was good. Josh Manson was good again. I mean, the, the new guys have been solid so far and I'm excited to see how they grow. Um, but it's been, it's been interesting to see the kind of the dialogue change on that trade where, Habs fans saw Nico Sturm and they were like, oh, okay. Yeah, that trade makes sense. That makes sense. They took the emotion out of it like like we all should have at the beginning, but they took the emotion out of it and they're like, okay, yeah, that was a really smart trade by Joe Sackick. <laughs> a really smart trade. Yeah, like it just makes sense the more you look at it. it. Clears the cap space and Sturm analytically does what Joe does better in terms of size he brings more than Jost does, and it's kind of a wash offensively, but Sturm has the advantage there as well. The only real advantage is Jost is younger and has a bit more upside and can turn into something better someday. But it's it's like we said, and what we're going to talk about with this trade deadline stuff, we're not really worried about someday right now. We're trying to win now. Yeah, trying to win now. Um I think we can just go straight into the trade deadline stuff now. Cause we, like I said, we've talked entirely too long about that San Jose game. Um, the big news, Claude Giroux traded to drum roll Florida Panthers. Um, not a great return in my personal opinion for the flyers. Uh, I think Owen Tippett's a good player. Um, that that first round, yeah. That first round picks not till 2024. Uh, it isn't lottery protected, which could be, good i just don't i don't know if the panthers are going to fall off you never know um and then what else did they get in the trade I'm, i know i'm forgetting something they're 2023 third yeah like it was a very underwhelming return and i'm bummed but they respected claude Giroux's wishes claude Giroux said he only wanted to play for florida and philly's just trying to do right by their captain so it sucks i I don't really know what else to say about it, Griffin. It, yeah, it was I mean, kind of it was kind of predicted at this. Like it was very much going to be. Yeah, I mean, my fast. my take at the end of last episode that I just don't know how Florida does it really didn't take into account just how much Claude Giroux wanted to go to Florida, yeah. and the conversation that we had was based on something that apparently just was just flat out not true that the Abs were still in the race because it was reported after the trade 
that they only ever had conversations with Florida because that's the only place he ever wanted to go. So all these reports are like, oh, well, the Avalanche, they have the back package, you know, and Philly, they're trying to talk to Claude Drew to see if he, that never happened. None of that was ever true. He only ever wanted to go to Florida. And so there's really not much to say about this from an abs perspective because they never really had a shot. They were never in this conversation. Apparently there's nothing, there's nothing Joe Sackett could have done. He couldn't have like up the offer. Like he, he could have thrown new hook and Byram in this deal and it wouldn't have mattered. He didn't want to come here. He would not have accepted a trade here. He had full control over the entire situation. He wanted to go to Florida and until he comes out and confirms why he wanted to go to Florida. We don't know why I can tell you it's not because he hates Colorado. Like we, we don't know if he doesn't want to move time zones or he likes Florida and wants to be in Florida. We don't know if it's easier for his family. We don't have any of these answers. The beauty of having a no movement clause is you can decide these things. And I don't know, maybe he didn't want to play on the West coast. Maybe he is more familiar with Eastern conference teams and feels like that will help better in the playoffs. We don't know. I also, I also, this is not just to apply to abs fans and Drew. This is just for sports fans with players in general who don't come to their teams. It's not personal. Like you, you shouldn't be taking this per I saw a lot of people taking this very personally that Claude Drew did not want to come to the abs. We don't know why he didn't want to come to the abs. We'll never know why. Unless, unless he ever comes out and says why specifically he wanted to go far. We don't know but it's not because he hates you. It's not because he hates the city and thinks we're all ugly and should be killed. Like he just wanted to go to Florida. That's it. But as sports fans, we, we have to, we have to come up with a reason. And And it's because it's it's totally illogical. It makes zero sense. And the reason is because like, yeah. And our heads were like, yeah, this is, it's, he doesn't like Denver. He he's, he's stomping on Denver. Like it makes it, He's like, oh, well, he uh, he wouldn't be able to play on the top line in, in Colorado. And, you know, he's an ego. T- I saw the word ego thrown out there a lot. Like, <laughs> did, um, did you talk to him? Like, I just, I never, I never understand that kind of stuff. Like, even with the Blues calling Petrangelo a traitor and everything after he went to Vegas. Like, like none of this is personal, guys. No, it's a business. It's a business. Yeah. In the long run, it's a business. And. It sucks. That would have been a big splash trade for the abs. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, we, we still got Josh Manson. We got Nico Sturm. There's a couple other names out there. Um, I know you feel uh, that maybe we can get someone, but we both are in agreement that there's just not a lot of forward depth out there this year. Yeah, This is a bad year to be needing a forward. Yeah, like defensively, this has been a pretty strong deadline. I mean, let's be clear. This is a seller's market for sure. Some, some of the prices out here are insane. Like when, when it was reported that Brandon Hagel was on the move and we didn't know where and what the return was, there was some conversations like, oh, could this be a fit on the abs? You know, where could he's a pretty young and cost controlled. He could be a, a nice little option. Then I saw the return of two first round picks and then two prospects from Tampa Bay in order to make that trade work. And I went, well, I understand why we couldn't do that because that is yeah. a lot of shit to give up for Brandon Hagel. Great player as he is. That is a lot of stuff. For and, a third liner? Yeah. I mean, granted, third liner on an excellent contract for two years after this, so that's worth something. But the, the crazy prices for Ben Sherratt and Hampus Lindholm, I mean, just to get off topic for a second here, 
God bless Joe Sackick for getting Josh Manson when he did. Yeah. For to, the fact that we only gave up Drew Hellison in a second in hindsight is crazy. And especially, I don't know if you heard this, the report that uh, is that there was starting to be some concerns that he wasn't going to sign in Colorado because of how blocked he was. So now we're apparently talking like, okay, we might have just only given up a second for for Manson instead of Hel- Hellison and seconds. <laughs> I mean, Hellison, I don't blame him. Like he's right. Why would you want to? Yeah, like he's ready to come in the league. He's going to play for. He's going to play for the Ducks in their top four probably next year. So, um, it makes sense. I that trade for Manson. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure he's we're treating him as a rental. I don't know if we'll resign him. We could. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but the Hampus Lindholm trade. I think Lindholm's a good player. Don't get me wrong. And he did sign an eight year what fifty four million. Yeah, he's after he got an, traded, an eight-year, six-point-five million dollar a year extension. Like, okay, that's a lot. I, I think he's a good player, but I'm sure hope, that's why the price so. got. I, I'm sure that's why the price got driven up a little bit on him, because I'm sure they probably had contract talks before. Um, but yeah, Joe Sakic is a G man. Like he, he, I said on Twitter, he's a witch. Like I don't know how he pulls these things off and just gets other teams to accept less than market value for good players. Cause today, if Josh Manson probably gets straight, he probably gets a prospect, a first. Yeah. Like you, you probably replace that second with a first. Yeah. And that's bad. And that's probably probably seems like a pretty fair package compared to what everybody else just got. And that like, and that's why it's so difficult to talk about trade deadline on this show. You know, I've thrown out Andrew cop forever. What's one thing I said on the last episode. Didn't Claude Rouge feel too easy. Like that's just the easiest option. So therefore it's not going to happen because it's Joe Sackick. And I, I always throw out Andrew cop. It just feels too easy. I feel like, I feel like he's got something cooking here. Like we always we're throwing out max Domi's and Andrew cops and like, Oh, what about this? Like an Arturi Lekkinen and stuff like that. I feel like, I feel like it's just a pretty safe bet with Joe Sackick that he's got something cooking that we all have not thought of. Like I, I didn't identify Josh Manson. I did not think we would just straight up trade Tyson Jost for Nico Sturm. I would never have seen that as a possibility. His track it's, record is that stuff doesn't get out when Joe Sackett's making trades. Yeah. If there's rumors about a player and the abs are involved, you don't know if you can take it because Joe Sackett is just a silent assassin when it comes to trades. He just, nothing gets out about it. Yeah. So, and like even the stuff about Claude Giroux, in hindsight, looking back at it, I don't think any of that stuff ever came from us that we were in on him and we have the better package. I can almost guarantee all of that stuff, quote unquote, leaked from the Flyers office to try to drive yeah. up the Panthers price. I don't think Sackick had anything to do with those rumors. Yeah. And lo and behold, they were wrong. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsors at DraftKings Sportsbook. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. So my advice, bet on the avalanche every single night. Seems to work most of the time. And if DraftKings Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, you still have a shot to light the lamp 
everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests, just like me. Just about every single day, you can play for as little as a dime or for just about as much as you want. Set a lineup under the salary cap and just give it a run. What's the worst that can happen? DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposits. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. I just don't know who else is out there, man. Like, if he's pulling something off, is he going for a JT Miller? But that makes no sense because the Canucks are still in the playoffs. Like, yeah. And they're that just, would make they're just not trading them. And the Canucks are just not trading him. Like, I, th- I think as a collectively as a whole, we need to put an end to JT Miller at least until the offseason. Even then, I think we need to throw some water on that because that's not happening. I think and, Besser oh, gets moved. I think Besser gets moved before JT Miller. Yeah, and he probably will. Yeah. Like uh, JT Miller's good, man. I, I find the Canucks. I'm signing him long term. Didn't I see yesterday that he has the most points of anybody in the league since February? Yeah, he's been awesome, dude. Like he would be great on the abs, but I just don't, there has to be something we're not seeing. And I'm hoping to God that it is because tomorrow could be a really weird day. And I don't know. Tell me if, if we don't get like a, like anything tomorrow, are you going to be bummed? Like how, how are you feeling about it? Seeing what other teams are doing. And this is kind of something we've ignored for most of the season. The bottom six isn't very good. Like it's not terrible. Actually, you know what? That's not fair. It is good. But when you compare it to other teams like Florida, like Tampa, like Carolina, theirs is great. Ours is There's good. a gap. Yeah, there's, there's a, a gap. gap. Ours needs to be better. I, you know, I completely take what I say. It's not very good. It is good. It's fine. It needs to be better, though, is essentially what I'm trying to say. And, yeah. I, you know, if we go through tomorrow doing nothing, which I severely doubt, but if we do and go ahead and do nothing, yeah, you know, I will, I will be a little disappointed because a lot of teams are going all in this season, like Tampa Bay, like Florida, and you look at our path to the final in the Western Conference, ours is not as hard as theirs is. I think it's just something you, you do need to do. Yeah, but it, it, there's going to be something done tomorrow. I just There could be something in the works that we just have nothing – hearing about if we get andrew cop i think that's a win tomorrow i mean well today by the time you're listening to this if we get andrew cop that'd be a win i started to sell myself a little bit on max domi uh, i'm not as high on him as some others i really liked colin blackwell until he got traded to the maple leaves with giordano um a player that we talked a little bit about that would be sick yanni gord if Sackett could get yeah. a Yanni Gord. Oh, yeah, Yanni Gord. I love Yanni Gord so much. I don't know if it's a deadline move, but if it somehow was, because he's not a rental. This is a guy that would be a part of your team for three seasons after this if you acquire him. Just a, obviously a guy with playoff pedigree and a guy that I think is just a perfect glue guy on a third line. That, that's, that's the kind of thing that moves the needle 
sets yourself up for something in the future. Obviously, Kadri's uh, not coming back if you make that move, and probably Berkey's not as well. But we also might just be past that at this point anyway. So We're past that. We're past that. I talked to you. We, we were talking, and you're like, dude, Kadri's probably one foot out the door already, just the way he's playing this year. I, it's just like he's going to command like $8 million, even if we want to re-sign him. I just don't think it's possible. Like, I, I think the Flyers and – Chuck Fletcher, as dumb as he is, is going to throw a massive contract his way. That he still like your pick of the Senators. I still really like your pick of the Senators. I I think the Flyers are going to throw. The Senators and the Flyers are both equally run by bad GMs. So, and not to say Kadri would be a bad signing, but I think the team is going to throw an eight-year, very expensive contract at him that we simply cannot match, and he would be stupid to say no to. That's my stance on it. And it's not Kadri betraying us. Like he's he's no, playing again, well. He yeah, his let, money. Let's get ahead of that before anything else. Yeah. If Berkey, Kadri, anybody leaves this offseason, they are not betraying you. It's a business. Like that's what that's like, like I said. Kadri oh, no, signed oh, a team friend. He signed a team friendly deal last time. Get your yeah. money, bro. Get your money. Yeah, and especially I'd be after a season. Same with Berkey. Yeah, same with Berkey. Yeah, especially after a season like this for Kadri, dude. Go get your money. You're over thirty at this point. Players don't have this opportunity at this age. Get your have a career year in your early 30s. That doesn't that doesn't happen, man. Yeah, so especially in a money. contract year. Yeah. Go get your money, Berkey. I love you. But if he if some team's gonna pay him six million dollars a year, good. Like I, I hope it's not the Avs. Um, but it, I, I think Yanni Gore would be a really good addition. If you throw Yanni Gord on there on that third line with JT Comfort and Alex Newhook, you're all of a sudden talking about a top nine that's I mean, we know how good Newhook's going to be. He's a second liner playing on a third line right now. JT Comper has been better lately. He's been more noticeable. Of the of the people in the bottom six, he scores the most often. Yeah, I think he scores most often. And Yanni Gord has shown what he can do for a championship team. So I like that move a lot. Uh, we'll see if it happens. I'd be shocked if it does, because that seems like a good piece for Seattle, but they're also just maybe a poorly run organization at this point too. Yeah. Um, I've kind of been saying that for a while. I don't, I just don't think they're very good at this. Yeah. They aren't very good. And if they can get a first round pick for Yanni Gord, I think that's a, that's a win. So I think they'll get more than that. Yeah, no, they definitely get more than that, but it'd be, it'd be, It'd be interesting. I think Yanni Gord definitely moves the needle. I just, there's nothing else really after that, man. Like maybe Giannis Donskoy, but he's hurt right now and he's having a really bad year. Like there's just not a lot out there right now. Okay. So off air, we talked about Arturi Lekkanen. I couldn't find the thing. I just found it. So okay, let's hear it. Arturi Lekkanen is another guy that we've been talking about on this show for a while. And I thought after the Hagel trade, okay, that's probably a similar return. And here's Chris Johnston on the, the Got Your Back podcast. Never heard of that. But regardless, he said, Lekkanen is generating a ton of interest. Internally, they've said we're only moving him if we get a first. I'm not sure if they hold that. Maybe if it ends up being a second, they move him. I would do that tomorrow. I mean, obviously, I you, have, you would have to. I, was, I meant that as a figure of speech, but literally, I would do that tomorrow to yeah. get Arturi Lekkanen. I would be fine with a first for Lekkanen. I think he's that good and could add that much to this team, especially under team control. Like that's not a rental. That's a guy you're having for next season as well. And one of the, one of the best two way forwards or underrated two way forwards in the league, I suppose. And he put him on a cup team. 
I'd, I'd trade next year's first. I'm not super comfortable trading next year first for a, a UFA, but for Lekkonen, I'd do that, honestly. Yes. I think that's Lekkonen the kind of move or, that could move the needle. Yeah, Lekkonen or Gord, they, they both have term. So you could, that first, even though it sucks losing it, you make that trade and you get a player who could contribute to that team. And in all actuality, these draft picks are going to be in the mid to late 20s. I mean, late 20s, early 30s. So you're not going to hit an Oscar Olsen with every uh, late round draft pick. I would rather have a player who could contribute to the team now. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's like it's, it's my only hang up is you're trading a draft pick for next season. You never know what next season's going to yeah, look that's like. True. If that was this year's first, totally different story. It's just you're trying to predict what happens next year. You never know if you're going to have a season like Vegas is having right now. It was just everyone's injured. Now all of a sudden you're fighting for your playoff lives. And if you miss all of a sudden that's a top 15 pick, but in the ideal situation, that's another 28th overall pick. And it's like you said, you're not always going to get an Oscar Olauson in a draft. Sometimes you pick a Martin Kaut who doesn't pan out the way you want him to and just kind of sits there for a while. I mean, some, sometimes you get an Alex Newhook in like around the 18 area like we did. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you pick a guy that's a total bust. They're lottery tickets. That's all draft picks are. They're all just lottery tickets. And when you have the opportunity to add a guy like Arturi Lekin, and this, I guess especially if that's all it's going to cost is next year's first for him, I, I have a hard time not doing that, honestly. I think he's really good. I agree. I, I think he'd be a good piece and he could fill in for a Berkey or I wouldn't say maybe not a Kadri, but he could fill in for a Berkey uh, that next year. So we'll see, man. There's a lot of, there's some good players still out there. There definitely is some good players still out there, but they're going to move quick tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised if we wake up to some news or I'll wake up to some news. You'll already be up by the time it happens, but yeah. Trade trade deadline day is one of the few days I voluntarily wake up early. Yeah. Like I'm sure I'll wake up to a couple NHL notifications and be like, either be like, oh fuck yeah, or oh fuck no. Um, but we'll see. It, it's it sounds like Minnesota is making a push for Mark Andre Fleury, which good, go for it. Take and have him. Yeah, that's that's fine. Um, and I mean, St. Louis has to do something. I mean, I mean they have done. I, yeah, done yeah. nothing. I mean, just to touch on Mark Andre Fleury, would that not just complete my hatred train of him? Just a oh, just yeah. a fucking tour of all yeah. of my least favorite teams throughout his career: Pittsburgh, Vegas, Chicago, Minnesota. Like, just tore all of them at this point. Like, ne- like next stop the Hurricanes or the Islanders. <laughs> like, my God! Like, you could not script this that he just goes to all of my least favorite teams. I wonder why I don't have a positive opinion of him. He just plays for all your least favorite teams. Yeah. I, w- I wonder why I just can't seem to like him. I wonder why, I wonder why that is. <laughs> oh, it's because he plays for your least favorite team. If that happens, that'd be interesting. I would I mean, just be funny. Like, okay, yeah. you hate me in particular. Yeah, asshole. He's doing it to piss off Griffin, but if they get him cool, I don't think I that don't. helps him that much. I just, like, he hasn't been that good this year. Yeah. He's been Okay. He might steal them around against the Blues, but that's the thing with Flurry in the playoffs is he might steal you a round when the goal is to win four. Yeah, which maybe for Minnesota, that's the goal is to win the round. But, I mean, St. Louis has to do something. Like, they, if I'm a Blues fan, I'm pissed right now. They have done oh. nothing. 
I mean, they, literally, they literally have done nothing. Like we talked about Giordano for them. I mean, this is something we talked about last episode where I got one prediction, Brad. I said, am I crazy? Isn't he going to the Leafs or something? Doesn't that make sense? And then he did. But it's something we talked about. Like when is St. Louis going to do something for a defenseman here? Because now Lindholm's off the board and now Giordano's off the board. And Hansen's off the board. Hansen's off the board. And Klingberg's off the board because he's not getting traded. And I don't think Chikrin's getting moved at this deadline, at very least. Like, I mean, Peg got moved. Like, you're maybe, talking like, like is now Brett we're, Kulak going to go there? Right now we're talking about guys like Calvin DeHaan, Nick Letty. Like, they can get a guy. It's just not going to be the guy that we were kind of expecting them to get at this point. Like, I think Jacob Middleton could make sense for them. He's a younger guy on a good value contract, but – is Jacob Middleton a needle mover? Like, I just don't – again, with the Blues, like, they got to do something, right? If, especially, like, not to get all cocky, but, like, especially if they want to compete with us, right, in yeah. the playoffs. Like, Doug Armstrong has been public in saying that he thinks this team is good enough to win. I mean, obviously, all GMs are going to say that. They're not just going to say, yeah, I think we're a first-rounder team. But if you're going to come out and say, yeah, this team's good enough to win this year when you have Colorado and Calgary ahead of you – you got to be willing to back that up on the trade market. And it's just, they've been like, oh, they've been in on Giroux. They've been in on this guy and in on that guy. And they just kind of were going into the final uh, 15 hours as we're recording this right now. It just turned midnight here on the East Coast. And fat lot of nothing from the Blues. Yep, fat lot of nothing. And that goes to even more of a point, man. The Western Conference, no Western Conference team has made – I mean, Calgary's made some moves. Calgary, no Calgary's else. made moves, yeah. Calgary's made moves, but nothing else has been done. The Avs are by far the best team in the West, and they can get better at this deadline. So you have to do something. So it, it goes back to that question I had asked you originally of, if the Avs don't do anything today by the time you're listening to this, how would you feel? I agree with you. I'd be a little bummed because this is your year to do it. Vegas is not going to be this bad again. They aren't. I mean, maybe they have these injuries again next year. But this has been a historic year of injuries for them. Like, this is your chance to go for it this year and make it to a cup final. You need to do whatever it takes to get there. And I trust that Joe Sackick's going to do that. It's just, he's not stupid. He's not going to overpay for something. And I respect that about him. He's not going to make the panic move. But if they don't get anything, I would be a little bummed. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Especially when you look at the bottom six, like, Look, Curtis McDermott should not be playing on the fourth line. Like, I know you don't want to never play him, but he really shouldn't be playing on the fourth line. I feel like that is kind of indicative of the problem here is that we don't have enough guys. Like, the Maltsev hasn't worked out. Sakura's just not good enough to throw into the bottom six. Like, a lot of our plan for this season was that we were going to be, like, 16 17 guys deep in terms of just depth and then it just really hasn't worked out that way that a lot of these guys haven't been as replaceable as we hoped they would be coming into the season and it's like we said calgary is really the only other team that is really going all in and they i don't even think they've even gone all in yet they were apparently in on lindholm for a long time before boston ended up getting him they got Cali Yarn Croak, which I think is a very nice move for them. They already got Tyler Toffoli. And you look at everyone else in the West, 
No one else has done anything yet. Minnesota's talking about Marc-Andre Fleury, but that's not going all in. That's out of necessity. They do not have a goalie, like a goalie that can stop pucks recently. They're turning it around. They traded for Delorier. Don't forget they got Delorier. Oh, (laughs) shiver me timbers, I guess. What a fucking dumb. They traded a third for one of the worst forwards in the league because he's big and scary. Give me a fucking break. But regardless, like, that, like, that's exactly what I mean. They got Nick Delorier. Like, oh, wow. They're really, they're really going for it this time. Like, all these other teams see us in their way and are like, maybe it's not the best idea to throw everything and go all in this year. And we're just missing that, I feel like, one final piece on the third line. Like, Logan O'Connor should not be a guy that's getting plugged into the, the top six with just a a Landis Gog injury. There needs to be one more guy there, whether it's cop, Lackanen, Domi, just one more piece. And I've, then there's really no excuse. There's no weakness. Yeah. There's there no is. weaknesses. So I, I agree. I'm hoping that maybe we have to do an emergency pod tomorrow because it's, I'm, a bunch of good news. I'm planning on doing one yeah. tomorrow. Just I'm as, hoping. just as, just as a wrap up to the deadline. And again, I just don't believe that we're done. I believe that Sackick has something else. And if we do nothing, honestly, I feel like that constitutes an emergency podcast just as much. Because yeah. I'm fully expecting that we're going to do something. And if we don't, I feel like that's pretty important on its own. Yeah, I agree. So plan to hear our voices again tomorrow. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic for tomorrow. Yeah, it's I've, really the last big day before the playoffs, so we got to enjoy it because the Avs are going to make the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. We'll be fine. Yeah, they're going to win it's the just, playoffs. They're going to win the Central. They're going to win the West. The only question is the President's Trophy, and now we're kind of starting to run away with that. Yeah. So this is a big day tomorrow. Um, I'm excited for it. I hope there's some craziness. Actually, you're gonna. I'm gonna get like 40 unread text messages from you tomorrow because I'll be at work, and I will just be laughing while serving food. So um, I'm looking forward to it, but I, I got nothing else, man. I, yeah. I mean, I could go on for hours about the deadline and everything that could happen, but it, it'd be like, it's been for the last two months. I'm, I'm just guessing I'm speculating. I don't actually know. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking forward to having some answers as to what the fuck we're going to do. Cause for the longest time, we've been cl- talking about Claude Giroux. Didn't work out that way. And you know what? I'll end on this. I'm kind of relieved that we didn't get Claude Giroux. Like, and I don't think I'm the only person that feels that way because we've been ranting and raving on here about, oh man, imagine what Claude Giroux could add to this team. But over the last couple of weeks, I have to admit, there's been a little gnawing voice in the back of my mind telling me that's not as good of an idea as you think it is. You're giving up a lot for a guy that I'm not entirely sure wants to be traded and is kind of more just going for a cup. I'm bel- I was a little worried about his buy-in to coming to Colorado, especially now, especially since he didn't really want to come here to begin with. I don't really want someone who doesn't want to be here. And what we would have had to give up, I know Florida didn't give up a ton, but if we were on that list for Giroux, that price goes up, 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 and up. It's not that return at that point. It's only because Florida was bidding against themselves. <laughs> and 
I just don't know if like the team that goes all, all in usually doesn't win as we've seen over the last couple of years, the team that makes the right moves wins. I just don't know if Claude Giroux was the right move other than just the big one. I don't know. That's just something I've been, been in the back of my mind the last couple of weeks. And now that it's finally over and after like a week straight of being told that Florida was going to get a oh, Colorado, they're right there. You know, I was relieved to just hear if Florida has him. It's over. We're not getting him. I was just, Let's move I was, on. I was just kind of like, good. Let's move on. What else do we got? I agree. It, it's, we can move on. It's a big day tomorrow. I I think Claude Giroux is just the sexiest name. So we wanted Claude Giroux because it was sexy. Um, and now we got a little bit, hopefully more smarter moves. But we'll see. It's going to be a big day tomorrow. Can I also just say I don't like Florida's trade deadline? Yeah, Sherratt, Hey, I don't like it. Like Florida didn't need any help on offense. They're just, they, they, they are even better at offense than we are. Like lines one through four, they are deeper than we are. And now they just lost Ekblad to the end of the regular season. He's going to be back for the playoffs, hopefully. And they added Ben Sherratt, who's not very good, and Robert Haig. And I feel like they really didn't improve that much. Yeah, their offense is better. That's without question. You get Claude Drew, your offense is going to be better. But did their offense need to be better? They needed their goaltending to be better. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and Bobrovsky's been great this season. Don't get us wrong. But is he going to stay that way? You never know. He's been hurt, too. Yeah, and if you're not going to get a goalie, which they won't because they've spent $10 million on Bob, you're going to need better defensemen. And I don't know if Ben Sherratt is going to be that guy, especially for a first plus-plus. And then Robert Haig, who is a seventh defenseman, especially now you're not going to have Aaron Ekblad. Like, I yeah, you know, they're going all in, but was it the right moves to make? I'm not convinced. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe you listen to this in six months from now when Florida has a cup, and you can call me an idiot, but I just – I don't like it. It's an interesting move. I'm interested to see how they do. The East is so loaded this year. You can make a case for any team in the East, but it, to me it's Tampa. I mean, Tampa's going to by far the best team. They have the best goaltender, best defenseman solid forward group like it's tampa like i just i just don't know how you can pick against them like the the defending back-to-back champs they've done this before they just added two pieces to their third line like they've done the last couple of years i just don't i even florida i don't see how they beat them i don't i don't either like if if we're if we're gonna get a stanley cup i feel like you're gonna have to go through the back-to-back champs in tampa again Yep, 100% agreed agreed but yeah, so I mean, next time you hear from us, we'll probably be recording tomorrow unless like nothing happens. Even when nothing happens, I feel like we'd still record unless it's unless it's like a you gotta get Cal Clutterbuck. Yeah. I don't know. Like maybe maybe we'll do it depends. Odds are we're doing something tomorrow unless like the most insignificant move happens. And like and the, unless there's literally no way we can possibly fill out a 30-minute episode with it, we're we'll be doing one. But regardless. I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of ready to be done with the the trade deadline. I feel like it's just been kind of dragged out for two months at this point that we've just been waiting for it. I want to see what we do. I want to see the team we're taking into the playoffs, and I'm ready to start battening down the hatches and getting ready for the playoffs at this point. Let's do it, man. I'm pumped. Yep. So I think I've got nothing else for this one, Christian. Unless you've got any wisdom to drop on us. 
read your directions for your razors. Good idea. Take your take your allergy medicine, kids. Don't be like me. Like watch the <laughs> fucking pirate this entire episode. Oh man, yeah. Actually, it Just was actually better for the last twenty minutes, and then I said it. And now it's not. There you go. Placebo effect. So, uh, yeah. all right, man. Hockey distracts me enough. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so oh. I think we're good for this one. Thank you so much to everyone for tuning in to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, if you joined our March Madness tournaments, um, well, actually, it's bad that I reminded anyone of it because please don't look at mine. It's bad. <laughs> And I'm very ashamed of it. So please don't look at it. It's embarrassing. Uh, Christian's doing fine, even though he says he's not. Mine is very, very bad. But regardless, uh, don't look at it. I don't know why I reminded you that this thing even existed at all. I want it to be buried in everyone's memories, how bad I am at this. And I hate college basketball. But regardless, thank you so much for tuning in for another edition of the Teledabs This Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to follow us on Twitter, emphasis on if, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. You can follow the show at Teledabs It Is for show updates, giveaways, all fun stuff like that. But that's it for this edition. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. And we will catch you all next time. Enjoy the trade deadline to the best of your ability. And we will be back when ne- however we see fit. So yeah, see however, guys, we see- however we see fit. So see you guys later. Probably see you tomorrow. If we don't, enjoy the rest of your week. Too.